Well, the PA turnpod strikes again, buddy. Like, people got to put respect on our names. We talk about Dwight. People sleep on Dwight on this top 75 list. And lo and behold, what do we find on Twitter? People talking about don't sleep on Dwight hours after we record. It's kind of annoying because if we recorded and released the episode sooner, we would get all the credit for all of this. I mean, what was the last one? Oh, the Sam Presti thing. Yes, Sam Presti as well. I said, you know, it's going to be great seeing LeBron in Oklahoma City. And then what, five days ago, NBA memes, Um, (laughs) LeBron, wherever Bronny is at, that's where I'll be. And then that's a picture of Sam Presti with the sunglasses because he's got four first round picks next year. I mean, what's what's going to be today? Harden going triple double and B double double. Is that what we're going with? Money. Line? What was the other? Th- there was another one we talked about, wasn't there? Um, uh, I called uh, Sean Payton out of there. Oh, I called true. that way way before. I called that uh, Matt Stafford is a liability, <laughs> but then he smacked me across the face with that with the with the Super Bowl win. I mean, there's a, a lot going on on Twitter right now. I mean, I think I think it's time, Rob. Episode 44. Take it away, sir. The Turn Pod is brought to you free by Anchor. On today's episode, Euphoria Season Two, Episode Seven review. We'll preview the season finale and. <laughs> We talk Sixers, Timberwolves, James Harden's debut. And Beard. We're going to wrap it all up with our top five Euphoria characters, if you can even name five that you like. Right. <laughs> but first, should we pause to hear Joel and myself talk to you about Anchor? Let's do it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number 44 of the PA Turnpod, the Paul Reed episode, chemo team in an episode, Vicente Padilla and Roy Oswald episode. A quickie of sorts as we don't have a ton to get to today. I'm Rob, joined as always by... With the first pick in the 2022 World War III draft, Team NATO selects... My co-host, Joel. How are you? I mean, it's an honor to be here. Like, I've waited my entire 32 years on this earth to go into war. <laughs> I'm glad it's number three because it reminds me of Allen Iverson. And I'll wear the number three proudly <laughs> as I go into battle. Let's um, just hope that 20 years from now, when uh, we're telling other people about this war, we're at the uh, the Jersey retirement ceremony where we're raising <laughs> your number to the rafters. Yes, my number three. Um, is it... Is it a crime? Is it a Pete Rose instance that I put the Ukraine money line yet I'm drafted by NATO? So is it like well, well that's it? Well, it is Pete Rose because he bet on his own teams. So so if anything, I might more get banned. Banned from war. Hey, I mean Pete Rose is still out. So did you get invited to the green room for the draft, or are you like remote like Mariota was, where you just like hung out in Hawaii and was on like tape delay? <laughs> 
no, no, no. I didn't want that embarrassment. But I didn't want to be there in case I didn't get the number one pick. I didn't want to be like a Brady yeah. Quinn. So yeah, I just, the longest wait in the green room ever. <laughs> I didn't want to be the second or the first either. So I'm well, Rod, Rogers was in the green room too, wasn't he? Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers was in the green room for he two got, days. He got picked like 25th. In the like, second round, I believe. I think uh, it was the second rounder. Even though he was the first round, he just got picked uh, really late. It was between him and Alex Smith. Oh but, yeah. Alex Smith yeah. went first and then what a draw. Sweating, you're sweating bullets in the green room. Yeah. But uh not literal bullets, but I mean it'd be it would be uh it would make sense that I would get drafted today because I got my hair cut and I have the I went for the Cooper Cup special. Got the, the grizzled beard yeah. with the I do girls. get a little like low key racist vibe from your haircut, so that's a good call. Yeah. So I got my Cooper you, Cup. You look a little like Jake Paul, I guess. God damn it, that's what I was trying to avoid. Oh damn, this is Jake Paul. <laughs> I, right I actually don't know what Jake Paul looks like hair wise. I just know he looks like Cooper Cup. Well, there it is. I'm rocking it. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I'm not blonde though, so fair. I can get away with it. How are you today, sir? I'm all right. Are I'm, you uh, uh, expecting to get drafted? I don't know. Uh, I kind of tanked at the combine. Um, although, I mean, it didn't really work for Markel Fultz. He went to the combine and forgot how to shoot. And he still got taken first overall. So I guess I have to be like Jalen Smith and tear my ACL on my pro day in order to not get drafted. But uh, I don't know. I think I'm damaged goods. A lot of wear and tear on the body. Um, plus, I have an, like an actual, like another job. So. They're gonna have to negotiate with my boss to uh to sign me from uh, my current contract. Uh, I'm gonna well, be like the A Rod 03 negotiations with the Red Sox. <laughs> Just flirting around. Yeah. Um. Well, here's the official Google because you know Google is the official uh, sponsor of this podcast. I think uh, they all, just don't know it yet. Yeah, they don't know it. All male citizens between the ages of 18 and 26 are required to register for the draft and are liable for training and service until the age of 35. Oh, that is so rough. That's rough for me. If we could just postpone this war another nine months so I can turn 27. Jesus. That would be wonderful. Did you say that you're dyslexic or something? Or do you have Tourette's? Tourette's. <laughs> or, that's uh, the last thing you want on the, uh, the front line of somebody cursing at the opposition. I mean, it's not too late to start drugs. I mean, that's a joke, by the way, but it's going into uh, well, euphoria. It fits right into the episode, I guess. <laughs> yes. So we're, we're taking a slight left turn, um, like most Jersey drivers without their turn signal. Um, on today's hey, episode, man. we are... Hey, uh, man. <laughs> we're going to pivot away from the sports after the first... Um, the first... Jesus Christ, it is cold. Uh, I can't even think. We're going to pivot from sports after the first segment here when we uh, talk about um, Embiid and um, Harden. And we're going to do some uh, euphoria talk. So hopefully yes. people out there enjoyed the show euphoria. If you're not into it, you got probably two years until they release another episode anyway. So you or, might as well get into it now. Or this is your fair warning to uh, just listen to the first segment and then you can just rate us five stars anyway. Yeah. And, don't and share time. with your friends, maybe put the thing on mute, go to sleep, and then it will register as a full listen yeah, and anchor sure. will pay us. Um, yes. For sure. So We'll jump right into it. We're going to have a top five at the end. Uh, this will be a quick episode, like I mentioned in the uh, beginning, uh, as Joel and I both have dinner plans for the evening. Yes. Uh, you are, I believe, going to dinner at what, seven? Yes, I'm going and, to uh, sushi. Oh, nice. Late birthday uh, dinner. Nice. Yes. Well, sushi is better late than never at all times. How about uh, you? What are you doing? We are, uh, we're going to hopefully be able to get a table at uh, one of our favorite restaurants. Chipotle? Uh, <laughs> we're going to mcdonald's i just don't know if the inside's open uh, we're either <laughs> going to go to gallows i think is the name of it the burger bar 
or um okay. or miller's ale and then probably go bowling later because uh bowling's pretty dope even when you're an adult it's fun i have never bowled as an oh my god it's 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 euphoric um <laughs> it's electrifying it, it's very fun honestly i mean i can't bowl for, for shit even if you don't have alcohol involved which some of these places now allow for um but it's just like a fun little cheap night i mean it costs like what 20 bucks probably to do it you have to wear a mask uh maybe in the city we're close enough to the uh the suburb the that we could just get out yeah but the place on street road is outside the city so last time we went we didn't have to but i have no idea <coughs> all right well you're gonna have a date night i'll have a birthday dinner it'll be good old fun but yep. tonight before we get into the euphoria yeah we picked a great night to, for neither of us to be home <laughs> <laughs> on the debut of harden and then beat on this on the same team on the on the court at the same time, uh, they're labeling them as now Embeard, rightfully so. Um, happy Embeard Day, by the way. There's no chance they win now if they're going to call them that. <sighs> Jesus, don't say that. Well, here's the spread minus two. Uh, minus two for the Sixers. Uh, money line is minus one thirty. Uh, plus one ten for the Wolves at home. Hmm. Over under two hundred and twenty nine and a half points. And that's at 5 p.m., 5.22 Eastern, day of the game. What are your thoughts automatically with that? Um, I don't know. It kind of feels like a Wolves line if you're talking to me. I mean, mm. plus two at home, that almost screams hammer their money line. I don't know. Um, I, I, I still can't go over the fact that James Harden is on the Sixers, dude. It's like I'm looking at the first basket right now. It says MP Towns, Harden. I'm like, oh, Harden's God. right there just looking for it. Uh, I, I'm going to – I'm going to go Maxi for first bucket, but I'm, I'm very excited for this game. I do have my concerns that it will look a little weird and that Harden will be a little passive tonight. Um, and Minnesota, obviously, is a team that's played together all season. This is a Sixers team that has now kind of been thrown together in the last few days. Yeah. Um, albeit, I mean, most of the core is still there, but um, Harden being introduced also hasn't played in a few weeks. You know, whether he was hurt or not, we don't know, but still. I'm trying to find something on... Fantasy Labs, they haven't done anything for the Sixers tonight. Harden over 21 and a half points. So whatever his assist number, oh, see, they're smart. They put it at nine and a half. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like his assist in this one. Um, let me look at the player performance doubles real quick. If on you had Maxi first bucket, I would I would dare to say that's because of an, a Harden assist. It's exactly what I'm thinking. I think Embiid wins the tip. They bring it up. They run like a screen on the ball. Either Harris or Embiid screens. Harden penetrates and kicks out Maxi. It's like a either a jumper or or um or streaks to the basket. Or just um, just go straight for it, pick and roll. Have Embiid make the first basket. I mean that could very well be it. Harden can hit a step back to start it, or the Wolves will just win the tip and D'Angelo Russell sinks a three pointer. Um, <laughs> yeah. So James team. Harden, uh, ten plus assist. Philadelphia to win is a plus one eighty six. Uh, Tobias Harris, two threes and a Philly win plus three forty. I kind of like that. I, I, yeah, actually, I do like that. On a night like tonight, Maxi 20 points in a win. Because he has less um, pressure to be the, the second score. You want to shoot for the moon? What we got? James Harden, triple-double Philadelphia to win, plus 780. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> well, be careful, because it's probably, honestly, better if you just do each of those straight. I, I will do it straight. You taught me plus that. Plus 130. Um, plus 130, and then... You heard the it here first on it. the PA turn pod. Don't do the boost of triple-double. Actually, just do 
10, 10, 10, 10. Yeah, dude, dude, 15, 10, and 10. I mean, 10 rebounds for Harden plus 280. You know, we're live. We might as well do it. Let me give him 12 assists and I'll give him 20 points. And Rob, we have to establish that we are the first to say this because watch an article will come out in two weeks saying, you know, it's better if you just do such and such and such than rather than this, if you do FanDuel or DraftKings. So if you take Sixers money line, Harden 10 rebounds, 12 assists, and 20 points, it's plus 1639. I'm going to buy myself a vending machine. And if you knock down, even if you don't do the, uh, the points, it's still plus 1165. But I don't like that money line, though. That is too tight. That's spread. I, I don't either. Yeah, I see, feel like everything too, will hit, and then that would yeah. fuck me. It screams uh, Minnesota line, to be honest with you. I don't know. It could very well be a Harden game, but, I mean, what happens in the first quarter if Harden comes out, he's distributing it all of a sudden. Uh, here's Tobias Harris for three. Clunk. Um, here's George Niang Clunk. for three. Clunk. Does Joel B continue the 30-point 30, 30 streak? <laughs> I didn't mean to knock over the microphone. Huh? I didn't mean to knock over the microphone. I did that. You're all over the place. Um, <laughs> uh, and be 30 plus point streak. I mean, he's playing against his. Uh, There's no way Harden will get a triple double now that I think about it because Embiid's right there. That doesn't yeah, make Embiid, any sense. He, he does really gobble up all the rebounds. I mean, he's more likely to get double double with uh, points and assists. Yeah. I think Embiid is more likely to, uh, you know, extend the 30 point streak than he is to not. Um, Towns is a pretty physical big but i think he's soft enough in the post that Embiid can take advantage of him as he has in the past um i love the idea of harden you know he has so much he draws so much attention that he's gonna free up and beat for so many looks and i'm excited because if listen if if anybody on this team hits any threes tonight that's gonna make more teams a little bit more hesitant to double and beat in the post and this poor guy's going up against double and triple teams in the post because none of his shooters can actually make threes. <laughs> that if he has a wide open Harden at the three point line, or a, a say a B gets the ball in the post, he's on the block and Towns has him. Here comes I don't know Jared Vanderbilt come double him, and then boom Harden just streaks right to the rim. That beats assist numbers might even go up now with Harden introduced into the fold. So I'm excited about the whole thing. Uh, how do you feel about the the thirty point um, streak? I think it's in jeopardy because it'll be like less minutes for him to have the ball because Harden will do a lot of ISO. Yeah. And he'll kick it to say a shooter who's wide open when Embiid's clogging up for the rebound. So Embiid's rebounds, if anything, will go up. Yeah, because the shooters will miss. Especially if you have Danny Green in the corner, guarantee <laughs> it's going to get bricked. I actually don't hate the idea of Danny Green having like a little bit of a resurgence at the end of the season. Remember last year, for all the things we said about um, Ben 10, it, he he Danny Green had the most had the highest number of made corner threes in the entire NBA last season. And a lot of that came from Simmons penetrating, getting the ball to him. Harden, I think, um brings back that element of the offense to where, you know, if Danny Green or George Niang or Furkan Korkmaz where this stupid wind um <laughs> is standing open in the three point in, in a three point shot for you know from the corner, we could very well help them. And think about all the attention the shooters will now draw which will give Harden and Embiid a little bit more space to operate. So I, I think it'll be ugly at times, but um, Glenn Rivers did say that he <laughs> ideally would like to have two of Maxi Harris and beating Harden on the floor at all times. And if that is so, then you might as well put all your money on the Sixers to win the championship. Because the thing that kills the yeah. Sixers right now is the fact that they, they run these old bench lineups with Shake Milton, Danny Green, uh, George Niang, Paul Reed, and, you know, I don't know, Sam Cassell, like, 
Paul Five Reed. guys that have no if business being the... on the floor together. <laughs> yeah, right. That's Paul Reed if he's not in the doghouse. Um, Are you yeah. excited for uh, Willie Cauley-Stein? Is he making his debut tonight? Um, I'm actually not sure. I was checking Fantasy Labs for that, too. Um, uh, I'm I excited for so. that, too. I do I'll like give, that. I'll give Embiid less time on the floor. Obviously, just like Drummond, uh, Embiid on the bench means less uh, <laughs> chances for him to get the 30 points or the double-double or the triple-double. But I need quality minutes from his backup because we need this king for the for the extents of the uh, playoffs. I'm I don't like excited. him to be like blow his load after the first round or the second round, and then he's gassed, especially if we make it to the final, God willing. I Dude, agree. I don't um, like Harden 10 points either. It still is. Um, Cauley Stein is still on a 10-day, so, I mean, they could cycle through 10-day guys. Let's say he doesn't necessarily fit. They could give him a second 10-day, work him out for 20 days, and then all of a sudden, you know, go find, I don't know, Brooke Lopez, or not Brooke Lopez, the other Lopez, uh, Robin Lopez in the buyout market, or sign another journeyman old guy. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him for sure. Uh, Cauley Stein will wear number double zero for the six. Willie, good shit. Yes, Cauley Stein. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am perplexed on what to do with this betting. I am Confucian. I'm confused. Whatever it is, don't take the uh, performance double because you get better odds. Fuck no. Scandal. Chipping their customers. Um, I do. I like the Wolves tonight. For no apparent reason aside from the line. Listen, if it were four and a half, I would have way more confidence than the Sixers, but two-point road favorites against a team that's played together all season hasn't really had a ton of bumps in the road. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I kind of like Minnesota. I like the Sixers on Sunday against the Knicks, however. Uh, we won't talk to the people again until probably after both of these games have happened. The Sixers have the Knicks on the road Sunday on, on ABC at 1, and then they're home next Wednesday, 8 o'clock against the, the Knicks. That's, um, that, that'll be Harden's home debut, God willing. I do like them in, in both of those games. And <sighs> uh, we'll name episode 45, Harden in the Garden. Yes. <laughs> the beard in the garden, Harden in the garden. Um, yeah, I mean, it's exciting tonight. I mean, like you said earlier, it doesn't feel like Harden's even on the team. Like, it's surreal to think, like, we have James Harden. And as much as I didn't don't like the trade and whatnot, it's James Harden, and it's another point guard. It's as if Ben Simmons basically came back in the lineup. It's like, oh, shit, we got another weapon. The only thing is we lost a quality backup for Embiid, and... Arguably one of your more consistent shooters in Seth Curry, but yeah. Niang has stepped it up, I think, personally. And this is also Curry's worst year as a full-time pro, so uh, shooting-wise. Yeah. Um, question for you. Can you name three guards in the last 15 years for the Sixers that could dribble and shoot? Because I, I can only McConnell? I said dribble and shoot. But we'll shoot and make the shot. Everybody knows how to shoot except for Fultz. The only one I can think of is um, uh, Lou Williams and Drew Holiday. I was going to say Drew. I forgot about Lou. Um, Michael Carter Williams? I guess. He he was an atrocious shooter. I'm going to be fair. I'm going to be honest. I didn't watch the Sixers when they were in the tanking mode. Really, Uh, I was not about that. That was my heyday. I was was jobless. Um, Didn't have much else to do. (laughs) I was watching plenty of basketball. Shit, I would do the same if I could. 
Um, but yeah, like when I knew they were, you know, openly tanking, I was like, why am I gonna even like watch this team yeah. and invest? It was like, they brought in Michael Carter Williams, they brought in Okafor, they brought in the other guy, uh, Nerlens, and next yeah. you know they were trade pieces immediately because they were coming in hurt for the most part. So I didn't like that. And then obviously Ben Simmons, I think, was hurt coming in, and so was Embiid. Yep. Yeah, Embiid uh, gone too. Embiid had the stress fracture in his back, and then he broke his foot twice. Um, Simmons uh, fractured the fifth metatarsal on his left foot. He landed on Brandon Paul's foot uh, in practice in August of 2016. Uh, that uh, folds fell apart. I mean, it, the fact is Harden is probably the the most well-rounded guard the Sixers have had. If you want to count Butler, that's fine. But probably since Drew Holiday and before Holiday, probably since Allen Iverson. So there's a lot to be excited about. Uh, um, well, to wrap it up, I think I have I have Sixers money line. I'm just gonna trust it that they're gonna come out. It's gonna be it's gonna suck in the first half, and then that second half they're gonna get their groove, especially in crunch time, especially with Embiid owning Cat for the most part. But Cat's been on a, a different game, especially he's mastered his jump shot from from range as well. So could be a shoot off for for the bigs for three points. And you know Embiid, he likes to troll. So if he sees Cat shooting three threes and making them. And B's gonna try to make three or four. Um, but uh, yeah, I could definitely see that and B from the three point line, also allowing for more space for Harden. You know, that's plus one thirty four. Two made threes for Embiid. I was like, all right, I'll take that. I'll bite. He takes like four or five shots a game. I'll take that. Uh, but all right, let's he just hit a couple in the All Star game too. Yeah, let's get to the meat of the potatoes of the episode though. Uh, Euphoria, the cliffhanger that was. Last week's uh, season two, episode seven. It sucks that it's only eight episodes, but damn it, it's riveting stuff. Sucks you in, doesn't it? Because you, um, so for a little background on this, yeah. Um, Euphoria is an HBO Max show. It is centered around people who are in their 30s, pretending to be people who are in their, tw- their late teens. Um, it's about high school, even though there's not a single word about studies or class in the entire series. I mean, you do see, I don't think you've seen one. Uh, one there's, scene that they're in the classroom there's in the one, halls there's oh, one there's... scene in a classroom yeah oh yeah cat um, yeah cat cat um, them, but that don't even count they're just talking <laughs> true yeah um so it's a show that is meant to shed light on some of the uh the internal struggles emotionally and physically and um you know with people in their late teens i don't know what grade these people are in i'm, I'm assuming seniors in high school i think juniors and juniors and seniors, seniors. okay but it's a it's a group of friends and then a group of like I, I also a couple of like fringe characters that I don't think are in school. Um, one that graduated, one that's like a drug dealer. Hey, and then and then other people in the school that um are just like acquaintances. Yeah, or but, others from a different school too. Yeah, there, there's a lot of people in the in the, in the show, but like at they the same time, not, yeah. But it, it it sheds light on some of the internal issues, emotionally and physically, and also with substance abuse. Um, you know like love and all this stuff so it's supposed to give an idea what it's like but it's really not that realistic Um, i mean certain certain aspects are but i think they've taken it a little bit far in some regard over over dramatize it but you know it makes the show so yeah it makes the show interesting you find yourself the, the only thing that i don't love about the show is that the villains are very obviously villains and the good people are very obviously good people. And I feel like everybody likes the same characters and you'll get to, well, we're going to have the exact same top five later on. Um, and everybody hates the same characters. If you know what I'm kind of getting at here. I mean, or character. not necessarily. I see, I see 
both sides to every character, except for yeah. Rue. But Rue is the more clear one that you can see that she's. You can see both sides. I don't. I just see her as. Yeah, they all do have a, a conflict good. internally, um, where they have either a bad past, or they are going through changes. They have arcs. Or, yeah, absolutely, and they, they. You can tell that there was a lot of thought put into the storyboards and. I've always thought that if I were ever to write a TV show or a movie, I would have to spend more time on the characters themselves than the plot of the movie or the show. Yeah. I would almost have to develop a like a writer known about like write a biography of each character mm-hmm. and give them layers versus this is Joe. He likes to play sports and he's a, uh, he's a, uh, he dates a cheerleader. This is uh Sally. She's a whore. Um, <laughs> this is a, uh, this is Margaret. She's really smart. Like these, these, you feel like they all have backstories and they all have ways of like, they all have like previous interactions with each character. They all have different relationships with every character. Um, when we dive into the meat and potatoes, I do have one point to make about one of the characters, but um, okay, uh, that you may have even made, but uh, but well, still, with that, well, with that, um, also that's a testament to the writing staff and probably the, the actors because I yeah. do listen to the podcast, uh, Office Ladies. Which is basically the the two stars from the office. They just talk about, you know, behind the scenes stuff. And when they get asked by fans about a certain scene, about a certain character, they weren't told specifically, here's the background. It's a method acting, I think they call it, where they put that in their brain and they say, If I was this character, this is what this character is going through. So this is why I went in this direction. So yep. just testament to the actors as well, if they weren't even given like you said, here's a Bible of your character. Study it. This is basically who you are. And they went on their own. Pretty good. But uh, nevertheless, episode seven of season two, the theater and it's double that it's the name uh, the synopsis that I found was art imitates life as the East Highland crew watches their complicated dynamics reflected in Lexi's long awaited play. And then semicolon Fesco gets ready to attend. Here's my um, here's my synopsis of it though. Before we jump right into it, actually, I want to give some credit. Uh, let's oh, give yeah. the person. Uh, it's Sam Levinson is the name of the person who writes the uh, the show. Um, One writer? What? Uh, yes, they do have multiple producers, and they do have a lot of people who contribute. Zendaya uh, like, is a producer. Zendaya, I, I think Drake also participates too. Um, there are a handful of people who have their hands in the in the pot here. But uh, if you go on Twitter, anywhere you read people's you know assessment of the show, it's usually Sam better not do this. <laughs> Sam better not do that. So they attribute it to him almost in the same way that people attribute like Grey's Anatomy to Shonda Rhimes or whatever. I still haven't yeah. watched that show. Well, I forget. Is that her last name? Shonda Rhimes. Uh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Shonda Rhimes. Shonda Rhimes. Oh, it is Rhimes. Okay. <laughs> I thought I was being, <laughs> I thought I got confused for a second there. But yeah. Um, well, here's Take my version of the, uh, the synopsis that was. And if this is a cliffhanger, if you haven't seen season uh, episode seven, yeah. Turn it off right now, watch it, and then come back to this. I'm surprised the cliff is still there considering you hang off at every episode. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, This is my synopsis. Uh, Lexi's a G. Lexi's one of the main characters there. Well, uh, is she really main character? I think she has um, become more. She's in the group of, well, the main characters, I think, are. um, Rue. Rue and uh, the the blonde girl. Yeah, they're they're the primary characters. And then. I th- she's definitely like on that second step down with uh, with the rest, like Maddie and Cassie and uh, Nate. Um, all right. So, yeah, Lexi's a G for this episode. Uh, she's basically, you ever seen the, the meme with the little girl 
looking back at the camera with the smile and things like a burning house. That yeah, is Lexi in this scene. I mean, this episode. She just lit a fire with this play, just basically saying all the baggage of her mom, her sister growing yeah. up, the friendship with Rue. Like, you imagine, like, damn, Rue. If I was in the audience next to him, like, damn, son, at that age, you were just snorting. Like, they were doing everything. Even Fesco's uh, shop on top of the, the roof. Yeah, sitting awesome. on the roof. Um, but nevertheless, also, Cassie's Joker moment, I found hilarious, where she basically left the play to go to the bathroom and then had a moment and just basically smiled with those clowns. Was, was that when she was up against the uh, the glass, or was that in the... Uh... Yeah, the mirror. Okay. Yeah, when she left and went to the bathroom, and then she had like basically the clown outline makeup. And then she had like her tears going down, but she had to put on a smile. That was pretty cool. Uh, then you also got to see Cassie and Maddie's friendship and backstory. And then, of course, Fez, through the entire episode, was invited front row seat, quote unquote, front row seat, best seat, best seat in the house to this play. Yet he took the entire episode to get dressed. And he only had a t shirt on and was debating to put on a tie. He didn't even have pants. You would think on. this guy was building a monument in his backyard. <laughs> With how long it took for him to get ready to go. <laughs> like, what the heck, man? Turns out he was just debating whether or not to wear a tie. Like, honestly. And then and then all of a sudden, he's like, I go put on pants. I was expecting, all right, he's got to put the shoes on. He's got to find the bouquet. No, all of a sudden, he's dressed and ready to go. And then the, basically, the episode almost <laughs> ends when he's like, is everybody cool? Because there was sh- sh- shiitake yeah. going down in that room. Yeah. But the entire episode, it was him basically getting an iron shirt put on. And then debating until he called in Faye Lips to ask her, hey, should tie or no tie? Faye is, I'm sorry, Fez is really a, um, a, a like a real example of somebody who you like because deep down they're a good person, but they're absolutely not a good person. Like considering all the things he's been a part of and all the things he's done, he's really not a good guy. But he damn near time, killed Nate. <laughs> there's no real heroes or villains in this show, which I think what makes it so... Yeah. so appealing to people because you somebody will cling on to certain people but i think at the same time we're all clinging on to the same four characters for the most part yeah mm-hmm. um but yeah that was my synopsis of that episode where would you like to start um, so it was so fascinating the way that she portrayed all of her friends and mm-hmm. really pulled no punches and really didn't sugarcoat things aside from like changing their names from like Nate to Nick or whatever. And like, Maddie to to like Marta. Marta. What, a, <laughs> what an ugly name. And they were almost spitting image of each other as well. Yeah. Except, Except for, for the fact Nate. that the, the one dude played seven people and someone yeah. else's mom. Um, Ethan. <laughs> so I do have a question. Yeah. So I believe it's Maddie who points out that the play is about them. Yeah. Do other people in the audience realize this? That's a good question. Aside from, I think um, characters involved. Lexi's mom realizes it. I think Nate obviously does. The main characters do. But does like Joe Schmo, who's sitting like four rows ahead of the people in the show, do they realize? And do the people producing it realize? The people producing it for sure. Because I think so? Yeah, for sure. Because uh, Lexi's the director. She's the one that's in charge of everything. So everybody knows their role and their cues of when to know change outfits and the lighting but i mean do they know that it's about her friends yeah like they all read like in that in that kind of uh industry quote unquote or i don't think it's even quote unquote but anyway 
and that interest, everybody reads the play. Everybody knows what's the story. So they mm. can kind of like be in the moment and just naturally do things. Um, as for the care for the audience, if you're not in that circle or have no relationship whatsoever with Cassie or with a Rue, and you just see them in the halls, just like random people, you have no idea what the hell's going on. But say like Elliot, Elliot was in the room, right? Elliot's the these what, what he's um Elliot is Dominic Fike. Yes, playing, uh, the character of uh, I don't even know what uh, Rue just like he's like the triangle him. in yeah. that Rue Jules he's the triangle he completes the triangle of yeah. the relationship he's in there and he knows Rue and he knows Jules and I think from afar he kind of sees everybody else but mainly he knows those two Jules yeah he doesn't really associate with the other characters what I've seen yeah so when um, Rue's episode when Rue's moments come up in the play Elliot sees it because he's already experienced it with her, but doesn't know the extent of the backstory leading up to meeting her. Yeah, I don't think he understands it from yeah. that aspect. Um, but yeah, like if you're if you're a friend of one of the main characters being portrayed, you'd be like, oh, okay, <laughs> something, some uh, some tea is being spilled here. Other than that, time, you just don't know. At the same time, you might wonder if uh, if it's all just fabrication. It's loosely based around the characters, you know. True. You know, if I'm, you know, Joe Schmo, and I'm, I know of these people, I may not know anything going on in their personal lives, but I may know who they are. Mm-hmm. And I may know that they associate with each other, but I may not know the extent of everything. So it could just be cinema magic, which I mean, some of it was um, exaggerated to an extent, but yeah, I, I, who knows? I mean, the production for this is craziness. What, what do teachers school? think? Yeah, right. Well, the teachers are watching this going, oh my God. This is I what mean, they're doing when they're not in class. <laughs> I mean, hey, she wins an award if I if I was out there like, oh yeah, how much money do they have to pour into this? Dude, the copyright for the music that they use, like, what's going on here? <laughs> we can't even get a song out here. Um, yeah, I know we can't even get an intro. Yeah, right. Uh it's a testament also for her casting, her her eye, I guess. Because yeah. picking one guy, Ethan, to play several characters in including different genders, mom. including her mom, <laughs> which I didn't realize until you pointed it out, is ballsy and funny at the same time. Um, and and of course, over dramatization of the the last scene, which we'll get to with the gym scene. Like I'm sure at no point up to this point we haven't seen it, mm-hmm. but there's no hint that Nate does this in the in the weight room. Yeah, <laughs> with his got with his you know. Uh, teammates basically air fucking each other so supposedly so, the people who played the uh, the characters in the play were actually the the actual stunt doubles for the the main uh, characters in the show the, itself that's dope and that makes sense because they look similar for the they're already there i mean why not point. use them more yeah why yeah, go right. cast more people i wonder who played lexi though that person didn't get any airtime. Like you have the play day off. Her, yeah, she played herself, right? <laughs> Lexi played herself in multiple yeah. roles. What, what what stunts are these people pulling that they need stunt doubles in with the side room, like faking falling out, like falling out of a chair? Probably the driving parts. I don't know. <laughs> I guess I don't know. The pool, maybe um, one doesn't know how to swim. <laughs> so two people who had who were um, conspicuous by their absence in this one. Yeah, Jules didn't say a word in the entire episode. Barely anything. Maybe in that bathroom scene. Two two or three times I remember them showing her in the crowd giggling. And then the yeah. one time in the bathroom where she walks in and then yeah. walks out. Um now my analysis of this is because maybe 
since everything is from Rue's perspective, the entire show. Yeah. Um, maybe once she like, I guess metaphorically cuts her off, if that eliminates her ability to speak in the episode. Like mm. if they, if that's the psychology behind it, where that's true. I'm telling us from my perspective, I look. She looked pretty happy, by the way, the entire episode, Rue. Yeah. Um, because she's kind of like forced to be sober, I guess. And um, because they like flushed all of her drugs down the toilet. <laughs> um, yeah. She looked closest to uh, like quote unquote normal throughout the entire series. And maybe that's another layer to it is where this other character who caused her a little bit of, you know, pain is no longer prominent. Mm-hmm. And that's why she's happy. And that's why you don't hear the other person speak. Uh, the other person who doesn't really speak is Kat, who has basically been written off the show yeah. um, in spirit. Um, I saw a theory that said um, she really doesn't serve a purpose if uh, Cassie and Maddie aren't friends. And because I mean, up until that point, remember, she friends. was kind of the one, she was kind of there for the one and not the other. And then when the two split, she's kind of just there occupying space and then awkwardly strip teasing. Yeah, that was just weird. That I don't confused know what me. that was. I don't know what it was. They had her, supposedly that was like a deleted scene that they just put in there. I, I'm curious what, what went. She might be my least there. favorite character on the show. I got to be honest with you. She's in the bottom. I don't like her. I like Cal more than I like her. Oh, yeah. Cal's my, I'm not even saying my guy, but I, I, don't, I don't condone what he does. But Given his backstory, I mean, he might be. <laughs> um, but I I think they, they made it clear that Cat, once the, the breakup of the two best friends, Cassie and Maddie, I think they made it a point directly like, hey, Cat is aligned with Maddie 100. percent Yeah, because she's there trying to consult Maddie like, hey, just like it's over, like just move on, like fuck them, like it is what it is. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty weird that Cat all of a sudden she had this meteoric rise from nerdy girl to basically like gothic and then like yeah, sex writing fan fiction, yeah, fan fiction, and then just getting cheeks or dick basically, yeah, the entire se- season. Her and then all of a sudden, on, uh, her video was on the internet. Yeah, all that, and then a plateau, and then a fall from grace. Yeah. And not to mention, Ethan, the guy that she dated basically through the entire season, is the basically essentially the main character, other than Lexi in the play, playing several yeah. parts. And there's no mention, there's no reaction of her being shocked that he's in it or portraying anything. Nothing. Yeah. Like, they don't even know each other. It's weird. I need answers. So I read online that she was kind of written out of the main plot of the show because of the fact that they wanted to give her an eating disorder and she disagreed with it with the uh, the writer. Jesus so they kind of got into it. So they just diminished her role completely. Um, She's probably gone after season three. Yeah. So I like your notes here. Cat's X is basically is the best utility player since Greg Dobbs. Yes. Uh, I'm with that. Yo, and where's the fourth girl? Remember that fourth friend? So they wrote her off because I'm pretty sure she had racist tweets. Um, oh, sweet. The Jesus. girl from the first couple episodes. She was the one that was like gun ho for her to lose her virginity. And she was there every time there was a party. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she had racist tweets and they wrote her off. Oh, good for her. Good for them. <laughs> That's what up. I saw on Twitter. Somebody posted, um, I do, I don't follow any euphoria accounts aside from Fesco's real life. Um, uh, real life account. Um, I forget his name. Doesn't matter anyway. Looks like Mac Miller. Um, Angus. As, Angus, Angus Cloud. And Cloud. Yeah. And some of the comments are like, "What happened to this girl?" And someone else said, uh, "Well, she had racist tweets." She had no chin, what? by the way. I felt like yeah. her chin just goes indented. Yep. Um. What else? 
Oh, Cassie, fully embracing being Nate's uh, girlfriend. Oh, she, she's going full heel turn. Oh, um, 1,000%. And that it's like Bret Hart and Steve Austin at WrestleMania 13. <laughs> yes. Maddie is now full face, and uh, Cassie is now a heel. And, uh, a turn of events. And then you feel for, for Maddie now. You do know. But I, at, at certain points, you don't because you feel like she's fired up by it. And it doesn't affect her in the same way it would affect someone else. Dude, I, after that episode, I don't think she made copies now. I don't think she made copies of the the sex CD. I don't think she did because she would have she would have that always in her bag. Like nothing can touch me. I have it very well. It very well could be a thing though. It, yeah, could we? I mean, considering how many cliffhangers we're gonna get Sunday, Jesus, it's I probably in there somewhere. Um, what did you make of Rue and Jules kind of uh, giving each other the eye the entire time? I feel like it's gonna lead us to a uh, cliffhanger of sorts in the next episode, where. Tremend- well, where they kind of uh, it's implied that they together. maybe get closer to good terms and then we have to wait a year and a half for the new episode and we it's, forget by then it's very relatable and a little funny as well because we've all been there at some point where you see someone that you've known or you talked to or whatever case may be and you don't talk but you kind of just give each other the look here and there across the room type of stuff but you don't talk um and i think it's distance makes the heart grow fonder mm. so like you said now that we're not in Rue's mindset of she's basically telling the story throughout the episode, it's mm-hmm. now taking place from Lexi's. So we're seeing Rue basically just do her own thing. And you see these separate entities. And because of that, you don't hear Jules speak at all. You see yep. her in scenes. There's another one where she hugged Nate after Nate had Cassie, then Maddie, then Jules, and then Cal comes in for the topper. Yeah. Pun intended. I wonder how much of that was recollection and how much of it was daydreaming um because i wonder if any of that was real or if it was just something that came into his mind that's when he had the bad dream right yeah yeah but you have to go back and you have to look at the episode multiple times because throughout yeah. the episode it was confusing what's the play what's not yeah and there were a lot of little easter eggs throughout the episode too oh, with yeah. a background character um association so it was very interesting uh the, again the writer of this show does an excellent job Maybe that's why it they takes so right. long for these yeah, series. They, they do it right. Um, now, the gym scene. <laughs> um, so Lexi is, in a way, holding a grudge against Nate for, I, I would assume, knowing about the bad things Nate has done to her, her sister. Mm-hmm. Now, am I right to think that she did this to get back at him because she is protecting her sister? Or... Is it just because she really just hates the dude because she likes Fez? I mean, I don't think she's she doesn't even know why Fez doesn't like him. I'm sure they've talked. Do we even know why, aside from the fact that Fez showed up at the gas station the one time and like told him he was a low life? Or Nate showed up at the gas station the one time, told Fez he was a low life, and that was it. And Fez told him just to stay away from his friends. Well, because Fez was gonna get shot by his dad. Well, he never fun. actually shot him, though. Oh, no. I think, wait, maybe that was... No, no, no. So everybody that has was, dirt on one another. No, wait, wait. Sorry. That was the reaction to beating up Nate. That's why yeah. Cal showed up, actually. But all he did was come in and buy gum. I think he... Well, no, he came in there. I believe it's a, it's the local shop, you know? Yeah. But I think it was something else. Oh, because of jewels, I believe. Like, everyone assumes everything. That's the thing. Everybody assumes that you know this because you hang out with this person. But like Fez has no idea what happened between him and Jules. Yeah. He just knows from Rue, Nate has to stay away from Jules and Rue. So he's just 
doing what it's just a lot of assumptions going just being on. Being a good friend, yeah. And and obviously, they're playing teenagers, and Nate's like the popular guy, the jock who's just fucking everyone around. And he basically called him a low life piece of ass to uh, what you call it, Fez. And Fez, you know, he doesn't take that lightly. But he's a chill guy. But if he gets pushed, obviously he'll murk the shit out of you at a party. Got it from his mama. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Or grandmama. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it's interesting for sure. What about uh, throughout the season actually? But ah. Maddie in a locked door just never mix. Like she, she just has, can't get through. She has no clue. How, she she doesn't know when it's locked. It's locked. She doesn't know poop from like apple butter as it relates to turning doorknobs. She just can't get, she does. I don't know. She shouldn't be allowed around doors. Doorknobs to her are the clitoris for men. It's just like, she can't maneuver around it. Can't figure out how it works. Uh, Um, Doesn't know how to get in or around it. No matter how how many times you tell her. It's a kryptonite. It's like Jason Voorhees in water. She just can't (laughs) be around a doorknob. I was just going to say, that's the best. Like, I don't understand that last scene too, where, you know, obviously, Maddie finds out that her best friend Cassie is dating her ex. How do you, and maybe this is a testament of how close they are that you can have a revolving door in your house of friends coming in and out. Yeah. But I'm not sitting on the couch. My friend pissed off coming in my house. And then I'm just going to calm, st- calmly walk all the way to my room into the bathroom. And then that person follows me without chasing me. But that was just weird. Yeah. Like, if I see this person going to the bathroom to hide, I'm going to make sure you don't get in the bathroom. No. Opens the door, closes it in her face, and then just, boom, instant dead. She can't get through the door. Can't get through the door. Um, couldn't and get then she gives the, up. <laughs> she <laughs> gave up the first time, too, when, uh, what's the name? Nate was trying to um, get into the blonde girl's pants in the bathroom, and then she Cassie. hit the bathtub. She couldn't figure out the doorknob then. Jesus but, Christ, what a, man. It's just, it really is her kryptonite. It's a Freddy Krueger and fire. And her banging um, on the door is just ridiculous. It's just like not all there. <laughs> it's like when you walk into a haunted mansion and he goes, anybody here? What are they going to do? Say yes. Yeah. Banging on the door doesn't make them open it. Yeah, right. And, and even shaking on the doorknob itself is like the best. The worst you can do is take the door doorknob off, but the door is still locked itself. Just it's kick closed. it. Yeah, right? Yeah. For somebody who claims to be such a badass, she's, uh, she's half retarded when it comes to everyday life situation so um, <laughs> i also thought it was humorous that uh the mom of the boy that she babysat gifted her the two articles of clothing that she tried on when the mom wasn't home yeah which would indicate the mom knew what was going on yeah yeah there's a i saw this on twitter there's a scene where she's trying on one of the dresses maybe it's an earlier uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's earlier one. in the season yeah uh, all right that she's trying on the purple dress that she got gifted and then the camera slowly goes down to the alarm clock. And within the alarm clock, there's a camera there. Oh. So there's like a baby monitor, I guess, like a camera. Mm-hmm. I'll, sh- I'll send you the link. But basically, you see her in the closet trying on the purple dress. Camera pans down. You see the time on the digital clock, but off to the left of the numbers, you can see the black circle and it's camera. Oh, okay. So, so uh, she knows. She's been knowing that she wears her clothes. What was she referencing? Is she leaving the school? Because of what's going on, because she she was saying goodbye to the. Um, I think it's more of she's graduating. I think she's maybe that senior. Is? That's probably what it is because she was talking to the mom. Yeah. About how upset the kid was going to be. I was wondering if that means that she's just leaving because she's done with it, or if she is, if it's the end. I can never tell what season it is. I can never. It's always raining. Uh, it's always <laughs> light out. 
they're always sleeping with like light it's coming through the window yeah right very confusing and it, i can it, apparently it takes place in california if i didn't know that i if i didn't google it i would have known it so makes sense now yeah because no east coast beef would be yeah. like a door would stop me yeah, <laughs> that's there's lots of pools they're all rich too they all have massive houses and pools so they're all silver spoons so i actually think everybody's a villain yeah in a way yeah. and, and, and they're like in a cul-de-sac as well it feels like like so uh main characters anyway so what did you notice in the the preview for episode eight which they tweet out every week dude i had it like after you sent it to me in the group chat with a tape technically fragrant group talking about fez who by the way it takes forever to get dressed like yeah. if we need to go somewhere you'll be automatically 20 minutes late or an hour late according to this episode um well, off the bat, uh, Lexi, there's Lexi chance because it's like a standing ovation after the play yeah. is over. And this is basically when Cassie walks back into the theater after upset. essentially getting dumped. Yeah, she was upset, told her to get her stuff out of uh, Nate's house. And she didn't do anything. She didn't even know. That's the thing. She didn't even yeah, know I don't, about I don't it. think she knew about this, but Nate is blaming her for it. But yeah, no also, one by the way, I picked up one piece of uh, dialogue. Nate was complaining that the uh, the play was homophobic. Yes. Now, so homophobic for a prick like him to claim to play the homophobia card almost plays into everybody's suspicion about him. So, I think I called it the very first episode I watched with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, he's gay. Yeah, yeah. I think he's <laughs> he's uh he's confused. I don't know he's if confused. he's gay. He's confused. Now that I watch it, he's definitely confused. Don't think there's um, anything wrong with that. Yeah, there's not. I mean, for God's sakes, he's, he wants to hook up with Jules at some point. Yeah, fuck me. Like, come on now. He's the only one that knows, I think, that uh, she is what she is. I think not. I think everybody knows. Well, Rue knows. Really? Uh, I thought everybody knew. Yeah, Rue. Oh, I, I wasn't sure because she was upset about the the video possibly getting leaked. And I think that's why. Uh, the video leaked because she's basically getting defiled by a grown-ass man. But I thought she was more confused about or more concerned about her... Uh, her ambiguous parts that um possibly that was my read on it see that's another thing with the writing you never know yeah it's brilliant to assume it's like uh was it like uh that that movie bandersnatch where you get to choose the next <laughs> thing that happens in the plot yeah right um but yeah like lexi chance in the beginning of the pre the highlights for uh sunday's episode and of course with the previews there's a lot of editing. There's a lot of things that are out of place. So nothing's in oh, chronological order. I don't order. think it's in chronological order either. Not at yeah. all. Uh, so the next shot is Lexi. So the next shot is a headshot of Lexi looking concerned, look like she just heard some bad news or something. Yeah, like she just saw a ghost. Yeah. And then the next one is the standing ovation again. And then they call back from Rue uh, a eulogy of her father writing a letter. She, she basically recites a letter at her father's uh, funeral. And the line that, that got me was, this is the part where the character never recovers. That could be everyone. Obviously, Cassie's full send, call back to the last episode, of just now full heal. She's not, she is just damaged good. So is Maddie. Also, Nate, Fezco, Lexi, Rune. Everyone is involved, but that's the part that, this is the part where the character never recovers. Immediate next scene is Cassie full shot screaming and then maddie chasing cassie and almost literally got her hands finally on the blonde hair which yeah. is epic to see and then the next scene is Kay, i mean Faye, the lips looking befuddled 
throughout the entire season. The human blow up doll. Yes, with the giant lips, the injections. I wonder if those are real, by the way. Uh, I don't think they are. I Googled um, the cast a little while back and I clicked on her like IMDb and she doesn't look like that in real life. Damn. The Kylie Jenner treatment, all those yeah. lipsticks. Um, looks like another scene was a bunch of girls running down the hall led by Cassie, it felt like. So they're like Cassie is chasing someone or just running away and the girls are trying to calm her down. Um, here's another that's what, shot. That was, that's what I figured it was. I'm actually going to watch it as you're saying it so I can kind of see it again. Okay. Um, there's a quick shot, though, that we didn't catch. There's Nate leaning on, like, a door ledge, and then there's police sirens reflecting onto his face. Was he involved in the in a killing of somebody? Was he just happened to be there? Because he ran off. And is he going after Ethan? Is that a possible scenario? Later on, because Ethan basically portrayed him, and he knew about it. Um... Obviously, the one that hurt me the most, Fez on the ground, like he's crying in agony with the blood and the note for Lexi. SWAT breaks into his home, most likely. Elliot randomly on his bed with the guitar. Cassie crying again, being consulted by somebody we don't know. Fez banging and pleading on a door in his home. Could it be Ashtray? Could it be Faye in the room? Yeah, I can't tell who's hugging her. It Um, almost looks like Rue. Yeah, it could be. It could be. Or, yeah, or her mom. Uh, somebody pulling the trigger. Someone pulled a, a shotgun-looking trigger yeah. of a gun. I don't know. Um, It just looks crazy. And then at the very end, the very last scene is you see Maddie to camera saying, this is just the beginning. So my guess on the, uh, this is, I think the only thing, so my guess for the this is just the beginning thing is mm-hmm. my guess she got her hands on her. And oh, yeah. she got held back, and somebody said, "Well, you got your revenge here." And then she says, "This is just the beginning." That's my guess on that. That's not, my guess possible. is also that Fesco doesn't get shot. Oh, he, that king does not. I think he gets I taken th- down. I think Ashtray dies. And why do you say that? Because they're not going to kill off Fesco, and Ashtray's going to go be on another show. So yeah. <laughs> looks like he got to deal with somewhere else. So I think because so, the, the only thing that's weird is the blood on him is in the shape of an F. Yeah, you guys caught that. I kind of see it, but that's a stretch. But yeah, be? I mean, I, everything on the show is so calculated. Yeah, I don't know. I'm very interested to see the next episode. Maybe we'll do another uh, review next week. And you told me that it's going to be a special one hour and two minutes long. So yeah, we get three more minutes than usual. So yes, hopefully it's not a Faye just standing around for a good portion of it. That would just irk me. It's filler this filler off my the my sirens thing is interesting to me because i don't know what it entails like w- with nate right yeah i have a feeling he's got his fingerprints on the fesco thing i think because didn't he have something to do with fesco's place getting busted yeah oh wait yeah 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 so that could be the connection there he's very um He's very much relatable in the sense that everybody knows somebody that doesn't take the blame for things that happen. Yeah. And he is the one that always finds someone else to blame. It's, it's he blames his parents for a lot. He blames, uh, he doesn't take ownership. Yeah. He definitely doesn't take ownership for the Maddie and Cassie thing. He blamed, um, Jules, Cassie for her sister. Yeah. Exactly. So very interesting. Um, he almost fought, uh, his, his boy McKay. That was so weird. He was so drunk, too. That was such a weird episode. 
Yeah, all of it. Um, yeah, the, the show in general is weird. But it's a great show, even though it's a little weird. Yeah, it's, it's high schoolish, even though they are thirty plus years old or so. Um, yeah. But let's just jump into it to end the show. Top five Victoria characters. Right. How many? Not a lot. How uh, many do you have? I have three honorable mentions and then the top five. All right, I have also three honorable mentions, but my it's really just a four-way tie for fifth. This is a three-way tie for six. My <laughs> my fifth is my fifth is dead on. All right. I I think I can. I'll do the same. Okay. I have a th- I have a three-way tie for sixth. Um, so my honorable mentions, Ashtray at the bottom of the list. I just like he's silent, but deadly. He's my he's awesome. He's like a fart. He's silent but deadly. And soon and- to be dead. And soon to be dead, he brought a knife to a gunfight. Now, and it's oh, that's what did. you meant. Oh, yes. I was trying to figure out what you meant when you said that. I think you yeah, called him he, AT, and I, I was oh, confused. Yeah. That's well, that's because uh, Sally kept calling him AT. So, like, oh, that makes sense. Oh, and he really? has AT okay. tatted on his cheek right here. <laughs> he like does seven. The kid's like seven wild. years old. He's got tats, and he's a drug dealer. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's a. But then again, he know he knowingly brought a weapon, but he didn't know the other guy had a gun. He's got incredible instincts. Um, so Ashley at the bottom, Cal for all the things we've mentioned, and his story arc is pretty much pretty good as well, but it was shattered a little bit, rocked his world. Also, did you catch the moment where Nate was having that that nightmare? By the way, it's a nightmare, not a dream, Cassie. My man is like waking up in panic, and you don't say that, oh, it was just a dream. No, you say it's a nightmare. It was a nightmare. Um, where he turns back, he had the champagne in his hand, just like his father does when he brings home an underage person. Did you hmm. catch that? I didn't. I saw. I rewatched it again. I'm like, whoa! Right before that scene entailed ended with Cass on top of his son. I mean, Cal on top of his son. He had the champagne turned around, and it was Maddie getting under us. Then it was Maddie hugging him. Then it became Jules hugging him, and then it became Cal about to pound. Nate down before he woke up. But yeah, it was interesting that they both had the champagne. So it's like he picked it up from his father at one point because he watches the tapes. Remember, he watches the tapes when he was a young yeah. kid. So that's the thing. Uh, and then my last honorable mention is Cassie and Lexi's mom. Great character. I thought about concluding her, but I didn't. Great character. Uh, my she had three... a ball at the play, by the way. She yeah, loved she the play. Was, she was the happiest of anybody there. She was happier than a pick and poop. That's me. <laughs> because she doesn't realize all of this has real drama. Um, yes. So my three-way tie for sixth is going to be Elliot, Ethan, mm-hmm. and Cal. Um, Cal, not because I don't think he's any—he's I don't think he's a good person by any means, but he does provide a little bit of comedic um, relief at times. They also turn him into a sympathetic figure at times because he, when he's in the uh, the bar with the guy the one time, his episode, he, he's like thinking back. Yeah, um, Ethan, just because I think he's kind of funny. I also yeah. find him sympathetic because he did nothing wrong, got dumped by the fat girl. Um, who didn't appreciate him. So that king did what and he then, does. Elliot's not a good person, but I just I don't know. His character intrigues, intrigues me. me. So intrigues me. So yeah. I have him in there. I don't know who he's tied to. I think he's tied to the drug dealing old lady. And I think he's partially responsible for why the Joyce got flushed down the toilet and why Rue is having revenge eventually taken on her by the old lady. So oh, good point. So I think he has ties with her. I don't know her name, but the really nice like old teacher. A drug dealer, right? Yeah. Uh, I forget. I don't know. Who cares? Mouse is drug dealer, right? Yep. <laughs> um, for me, number five was Ethan. Just for what you said, he was funny. 
um, sympathetic character, came in. Uh, he didn't know a soul walking in. New kid. He instantly liked Kat. She didn't obviously reciprocate it very well and got her own, got into her own head, dumped him for some dumb shit. And then he looked, <laughs> he goes up, plays several characters, and it's the focal point at the end of the night. He reminds me of, uh, did you ever watch the show Gilmore Girls? No. So there's an, there's an episode of that show. Um, so Gilmore Girls is about this girl and her mom, basically. And then, uh, uh, like, it's, there's not many characters in the show, but there's a guy named Kirk okay. who, he has a different job like every episode. Like one, one episode, he's like a waiter. The next episode, he's operating like a food stand. Oh the next gosh. episode, he's working at like a hardware store. So that's what Ethan, Ethan <laughs> reminded me of. He, he was the Greg Dobbs of Gilmore Girls. <laughs> um, nice. Fifth on my list is going to be Fez's mom. Uh, she Fez was short-lived. Mom? Yeah, she was short-lived yes. in the Fez episode. But she walked into the strip club and shot the guy. Yes. And that's all I really remember. She was a savage. She was the only good character in the show. She kept it real 100. Yeah. Uh, number four for me is uh, Lexi. Her character arc has been great for me. She's a, yeah, she's interesting. At first, you saw her as like, oh, the girl who clings on to Rue as like her best friend since kindergarten, but they don't ever speak. And quiet to now at the top of the food chain as enemy number one. She's got way more layers now than she did at the beginning. At the beginning, yeah. she was kind of just like a fringe. You're the smart girl. You're not cool. And then become the dorky sister. More, yeah, you become a much more likable character. Yep. For uh, sure. Fourth for me, only because I don't like her as much as the first three on my list. It's gonna be Maddie. Woo. Um, just because the first three characters are much more appealing to me. Um, but she's uh, she's kind of the only one left. I don't like. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll get to who I don't like later. Ah. So, um, then you'll understand why she's there because the rest of the, it's really just, I mean, um, process of elimination. For me, same. I have Maddie at three now. Um, I liked her. I liked her from the beginning. It was just yeah, something about her. Maybe I, I, I do like I, her character a little bit. Maybe because I'm like used to being around like Latinas, but she played it to the T. Even though she probably is Latina, she played it to the T. Everything about it, a little stereotypical with the the earrings and the hairstyle <laughs> and the, the whatever the attitude, but everything was on spot on. And her character, and that's another thing with this show. Every episode was basically focused on one character, and you saw the backstory of each character in some regards, in a way. You saw Cal's background, definitely Rude from the jump, Jules from the jump, Kat had her, you know, whatever that was. Um, Cassie's getting it right now. So everyone had their moment. Maddie had hers, and I had a sympathy for her. So I don't know what the ultimate goal of the show is, and I just wanted to throw this out because I wasn't sure when this kind of fit. Yeah. Um, did you pick up on the fact that so when Rue is narrating everything, uh-huh. everything is in the past tense? Oh, you gotta be kidding me. I think when she's the dead? series ends, she dies. I wouldn't put it past them. Or it's all a dream. But I think it's more likely because everything she says is in the past tense. It's never she loves him, it's she loved him. Or we had yeah, a good relationship. That's true. It could be. Or I felt this way. It's never I feel this way. Or I'm a huge fan of this person. I was into this. It's always I, past tense. I see that. And I don't think she died. Because what? what if, if she died, what, what is she talking about? Is she like leaving a letter of all these events? I it's think her. she's talking. Maybe she's like fully recovered and probably talking to somebody else. 
of events, possibly. It could be. It could be her at a therapist's office. I don't know what the that ultimate too. goal of the show is, but but that is interesting, though. I don't know. Just Good a point. Uh, who's your number uh, three? I got a follow request on Instagram. Someone I've never seen before. Um, <laughs> number three, you said? Yeah. Fez. Ooh, awfully low. Uh, Fez is just the uh, he's the lovable scumbag character because he's the only one who you truly believe has better values than he does um like the positives outweigh the negatives he's got a big heart Mm. and all he does the entire thing the entire time is just look out for the people around him and you want so badly for him to be happy so i have him three okay uh for me number two is the main uh rue i have her at two (laughs) <laughs> what are you shaking your head for? Absent from my list. Unbelievable. Don't like her. Wow. Is it the hair? Are you not a Spider-Man fan? I I don't watch fiction. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not a Spider-Man fan. Um, I, I like really Rue. When her. I first heard Zendaya was on the show, I thought it was Tanache. I was like, oh, that's Ben Simmons' ex-girlfriend. Oh, and I, that's how little Christ. I'm, that's how out of touch I am with the current. Um, <laughs> pop culture scene. My man said Tinashe. <laughs> um, Rue's character has been fascinating to see, and obviously she's the one narrating throughout the series for the most part. Um, you see the ups and downs. I said it in the group chat. Episode two of this season. Give her the award now. That was insane, like level of acting. Like I was like, damn, she acted her ass off. She's been she very was- good. She was the focal point of that episode throughout the, the focal time. point of every episode. But she was like the most. Is that the one where she was running? Is that the one she was running? Yeah. Or okay, I remember that episode well. She was the most dialogue through the entire thing. Um, I can't believe that was already four weeks or five weeks ago. Yeah. Well, for me, it's been two weeks. I binge. I was. Everything. I watched that. That was the night I followed Fesco on Twitter, and he live tweets all of the episodes as he watches them. Not this last and, week. That's what kind of got me concerned. Oh. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, this fuck. He's dead. He's uh, living up to the party. He's like, oh, people think I'm dead. Why do I have to like another layer? That's, that's, a good, that's a good call. Yeah. Oh, I've been, dude, I have him on notifications. <laughs> I really. see what he's posting. Gotta make sure he's alive. Um, but yeah, I liked her arc, Rue's arc, uh, her growth and the struggles that she's battling internally, and also the relationship <laughs> she's forming and breaking simultaneously because of her addiction. Like, yeah, she's putting others in involved. Like Lexi, remember, we got to see Lexi for the first time. Really, when she goes to her and he like, yo, I need clean piss, and then Lexi just did it with no hesitation. But do, puts her in a think, bad spot. Do you think there's an element of symbolism in the fact that her name is Rue, and the definition of Rue is to regret something? I didn't know that. But so yeah, I would you say I mean, you will rue this day. I wouldn't put it past uh, this. Uh, I mean, Rue is her. Her her name and she's the main character and the whole series is about doing things you regret. Yeah, I think you're onto something. You're a connoisseur of these things. Oh my god, they're gonna kill Alex Ovechkin, aren't they? What's going on? Uh, he uh he is anti Russia invading Ukraine. Uh, he's gonna his family's gonna get, probably get killed by Putin. Um, that's kind of scary. Oh man. Uh, um, but he's your... got a. Yeah. Who's your number number two. Oh yeah, number two. Number two for me is Lexi. Nice. She might actually be my favorite character, but I have to give a nod to my number one when we get there. But Lexi, um, like we said, her story arc has changed 
or her her character has evolved uh from the beginning where you kind of thought she was just like the the nerdy girl mm-hmm. and now she's like cool like yeah she, she has a better arc than cat did because cat started out as the nerdy fat yeah. girl and yeah. cat just fell off the face of the earth now she's just the annoying fat girl lexi <laughs> is like yeah i think the whole series changed it feels almost how friends changed the second chandler and monica became a thing yeah this whole series feels like a change they at the end of the that season when she met Fesco at the the party and they were hanging yeah. out on the couch. It almost pivoted from uh, wanting Rude to be like fine and wanting Nate to get killed to just wanting uh, um, Lexi and Fez to be a thing. So I know who your number one is. Yes. Fesco. Oh, I thought it was going to be Jules. Nah. <laughs> I forgot about Jules. Honestly, now that I look at my it's list. very uh, forgettable character at this point. Yeah, because she didn't she didn't speak. So yeah. I like Jules. I like Jules, but I don't. She doesn't really she's just selfish at sometimes. And of course, this is all high school shit. So you know it is what it is. They're young, they're dumb. I like Fesco for all the things you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, he's the character that becomes in every show, there's a character that you don't expect that people are gonna fall in love with, and people yeah. hope that this person is making it prosperous yeah prosperous throughout the end and that's fezco right here people are rooting for him oh, i'm not saying everyone but good majority of people are rooting a lot for of him are, yeah. and the whole lexi and fezco situation hopefully that gets resolved but that's a cliffhanger in itself automatically because we'll never see them together that's my guarantee we'll never see them together miscommunication yeah, and could be. all the dumb shit so who's your number one i want to guess It is. Oh, I know. It's uh, McKay. <laughs> My number one is not Aaron McKay. It is Ashtray. Oh, nice. I love I love throwing curveballs with my lists. He was absent my honorable. From my, <laughs> absent from my list are Rue, her mom, her sister, um, Jules, Cassie, Cassie, uh, Cat. Nate. Nate. I don't know if he's on anybody's top five. Um, but Astray is just fascinating to me. So he's in the right place at the right time. Except for that one scene where he fucked up. That oh, led he's, to taking, this... he's taking a piss and the guy snuck in. No, he was on his phone. I thought he was in the... you can hear him peeing, I thought. Oh no. I I could have sworn like he was in the room with the surveillance camera. I think he stepped away to go to the bathroom. He did step away. Ah, both but he was on his phone, yeah. But yeah. Nevertheless, it seems like he's always in the right place at the right time. He seems like the most loyal character on the show. Oh, 1000%. So I think that uh, that speaks volumes in a show where nobody's loyal to anything or anybody. So, yeah. And he let Rue have a pass early on in the series. She walks in, basically takes the drugs, doesn't pay. Yeah. And then almost dies. Almost dies. ODs. But uh, it's a fascinating uh, show. Can't wait for the finale. I'll be waiting. I'm tempted to not watch it until I know the next season is coming. There is another. I heard there's a third season coming. But until we know when the episode uh, is going to happen, I'll watch it the day before. Jesus. <laughs> it's it's right not going to make me too mad because I'm not as emotionally invested in the series as I think a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. But I'm almost definitely going to forget. By the time, the next episode is not going to be until like July of 23. So yeah, it's going to piss. It, it's like we're what 24 episodes into the series and it, it premiered in 2019. 16. 16. We're 16. It's only two seasons. Eight episodes oh. apiece. Oh my God. 
I thought you meant like 2016. Oh um, no, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> um, yeah, it's I'm a I'm gonna watch it, and then whenever the season comes out, the third one, I'll binge watch both seasons just to catch up on all the the shit that goes on. Maybe I saw something I missed with some yeah. time away. Now, obviously, all the rumor mills will come out, but uh, should be fun. Should be fascinating. Very much. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Episode number 44, the euphoric episode of Euphoria. And a little bit of, uh, you know, Harden and Embiid tonight. And it was nice knowing Alex Ovechkin. Um, <sighs> Prayers up to him and his family, honestly. Crazy. He um, he actually publicly supported Putin when Putin was rerunning for president. Uh, I think it must have been like eight years ago. I think it was an obligation. Uh, and he, uh, yeah, I think it probably was. But for any athlete from Russia to come out and speak out against this when he's got family in russia it probably isn't as influential as you might think uh speak volumes so um yes it's to all of our let me look at the uh the analytics real quick on anchor see if we have anybody listening in ukraine um because now's a good time to do it you don't have internet you don't have a uh, tv <laughs> yeah i'm sorry it's unfortunate man it's just um, breaking stuff it's very sad uh we do we do have uh less than one percent of people listening in ukraine so we do have (laughs) at least one listener out there yeah right but um definitely um anybody who has uh ties to the ukraine or russia or friends or family that are there um uh my sympathy and my condolences for everything going on yeah it's heartbreaking and all we can do from the other side of the world basically is just watch and hope this shit gets resolved and yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of chilling things on TikTok and uh, Twitter. Uh, I'm trying my best to read up on it. I do have a coworker who is, I believe, Ukrainian, uh, and a couple uh, regular um, customers who are Ukrainian or Russian. And obviously, where my store is and where I live, there is a dense Russian population in really? certain spots. So actually, not necessarily where I live. Uh, maybe ten minutes from where I live is mm-hmm. a very Russian, very Ukrainian neighborhood. So. Uh, and then my area where my store is, there are a lot of Russians and Ukrainians. So um, yeah, I'm very interested to hear what's going on. But hey. Yeah, it's like I try to stay out of the news because it's just bumming yeah. me out. But something like this, I, it's hard it's not to. It's hard not to like see what's going on. And it's fascinating. Like the images that just come out are crystal clear. Yeah. We've it's, lived through now three major uh, history book events in our lives. Maybe you, maybe four, but I don't know what else would have happened. I remember 9-11. 9-11. That COVID, and now this. So, see what happens, right? Yeah. And obviously the whole, what you call it? What was it? Oh, I had the whole anthrax scare as well. Did you? Yeah. Growing up, it was like, you couldn't open the mail because you never know. You never know. It was weird. It was weird times. Um, and also the protesting that happened with the riots and stuff. Yeah. Ever since Trump was in, you know, as a president, there's a lot more race being brought up, which is perfectly fine if you're having a logical conversation. But yeah. it was just like everyone was testy, and it was just like I can say whatever yeah. I want. We've lived remorse. through a pretty crappy period of three years, uh, so I just hope it gets better. Oh, well, it was getting better, and then Russia says not today. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, and beat in Harden tonight. Um, yes. Hopefully they win in Minnesota, and then we can talk about it next week. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I'll buy. I'll buy a Harden jersey. 
Yeah, my sister actually asked me while we were recording. After, right after we were talking about Harden, she asked me um, uh, about how excited I was about Harden <laughs> and if I bought a jersey yet. <laughs> Did you? No. China? I told her I'll wait till payday. And I, that when we went to the game, all the jerseys were sold out. I wasn't going to buy a real one anyway. I'm going to buy a, a Chinese replica. So. Awesome. <laughs> That'd be the way to go. All right. Well, enjoy your date night. I'll enjoy my sushi sushi night and Definitely hopefully enjoy. hopefully we have a kindred spirit win with M beard making their debut tonight <laughs> can't, can't call him that and <laughs> beard birthday. all right my friend well you have a wonderful weekend you too um listeners out there at pa underscore turnpot on instagram pa turnpot at gmail.com if you want to reach out to us if you want to be on the pod let us know it's free to listen to don't need to donate any money we're not on patreon just yet um if we were, Godspeed to everyone. Yeah. But, hey, five-star review. We'll read it on the next episode. For sure. All right. We'll see you next week. Have enjoy your weekend. Adios.